You're listening to the LMC Radio Network, broadcasting out of Forestville, California, on the World Wide Web at LuckyMojo.com. The views and opinions expressed by Professor Porterfield do not necessarily reflect the views of the sponsors or their affiliates. Texas, where the stars at night are big and bright, it's the Now You Know Show with Professor Charles Porterfield, here to tell it like it was and how it is to help school you so no one can fool you, brought to you by the good folks at the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in beautiful Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. So now, without further ado, here's Professor Porterfield. Good evening to you one and all. I am Professor Charles Porterfield, and hoodoo is my business. Welcome once again to the Now You Know Show. It is so very nice to have you all here, whether you are with us live right now, listening by phone or through a link or if you are with us live in the chat room, or if you are listening to us sometime in the future in the archives, it is still great to have you here with us. Well, I have had a wonderful week, and I just want to say a few quick things. I want to say uh, a very... uh, Very well deserved, very well meant on my part. Thank you to all the fine individuals who uh, were so nice to gather and host me this weekend and have me around as a friend to hang out with. Thank you all so much. I had a lovely time. You all know who you are. 
I also wanted to say that to any of the listeners currently listening to my voice, if, like me, you enjoy model railroading, let me tell you that the National uh, Garden Railway uh, or railroading, National Garden Model Garden Railroading uh, event is going on this weekend in California, in Northern California, and our own Miss Cat and Nagashiva's beautiful, fantastic railroad that many of you who have been to the Hoodoo Heritage Festival, that have gone to the shop, have gotten a chance to see, well, baby, it's going to be in this. There's going to be people coming from all over the country, perhaps even the world, to see it and many of the other fantastic local model garden railroads in the area. And if you are local or you're nearby, you might want to go up this weekend and get a look at it. Miss Cat and others have been working on it diligently, not only this week, but last week as well. It is just fantastic. It's scrubbed, it's trimmed, it's repainted. More figures have been added. Every It's fantastic. It is fantastic. So don't miss this opportunity to go and see it this weekend while it is being highlighted as part of that national tour in which people go and get to see these fantastic, fantastic model garden railways you see now i'm not a i'm not a garden modeler i i my model is inside okay uh so and it's much of a much smaller scale but these uh, garden railways they are of a, of a larger scale uh which allows them a lot finer level of detail and it's just tremendous you should go and see it if you're local or if you're nearby you will not regret it and in fact, it was just pointed out that they are in fact G scale. That is right. They are G scale. And let me tell you that Miss Cat and Nagashiva and others have just been, they have just been working. It was already fantastic, as those of you who have gotten to see it at such events like the Hoodoo Heritage Festival or when you go up to the uh, Lucky Mojo shop to buy your goods. You've gotten to see it. But they have been working on it painstakingly painstakingly over the last oh I'd say eight days and we'll be doing so up until the very moment uh, this coming uh, weekend and through the fourth when it's going to be uh, shown off pictures going to be ta- taken it's going to be uh, amazing so get it if you got a chance go do it in fact Miss Cat and uh, Nagashiva are listening to the show, but they're working on it right now. They're outside listening to the show on the laptop. So hello to you both. We love you. So that's my news uh, for this week. And speaking of news, let's go over to the LMC Radio Newsroom where our own Wink Winkerson is standing by. Take it away, Wink. Good evening. This is Wayne Quickerson reading the news. Today is Thursday, June 30th, 
the 182nd day of 2016. There are 84 days until autumn begins and 184 days left in the year. Tomorrow and the second will be auspicious days to cut hair to slow growth, mow to slow growth, harvest, quit smoking, wash wooden floors, buy a car, host a party, write, and kill plant pests. The first through the second will be poor days for planting, as seeds placed at this time tend to rot in the ground. The first through the second will also be poor days for fishing, with the best possibility for fishing during the morning hours. Today's highlight in history comes to us from June 30th, 1908, when the Tunguska event took place in Russia as an asteroid exploded above Siberia, leaving 800 square miles of scorched or blown down trees. Also on this date in 1912, Canada's deadliest tornado on record occurred as a cyclone struck Regina, the provincial capital of Saskatchewan, killing 28 people. In 1921, President Warren G. Harding nominated former President William Howard Taft to be Chief Justice of the United States, succeeding the late Edward Douglas White. In 1936, the Civil War novel Gone with the Wind by Margaret Mitchell was first published by the Macmillan Company in New York. In 1949, the Missouri Waltz became the official state song of Missouri. In 1958, the U.S. Senate passed the Alaska Statehood Bill by a vote of 64 to 20. In 1963, Pope Paul VI was crowned the 262nd head of the Roman Catholic Church. In 1966, The National Organization of Women was founded in Washington, D.C. In 1971, the film fantasy Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, starring Gene Wilder, was released by Paramount Pictures. Our LMC birthday greetings go out today to songwriter Tony Hatch, who is 77. Jazz musician Stanley Clark is 65. Actor David Garrison is 64. Actor-comedian David Allen Greer is 60. Boxer Mike Tyson is 50. Actor Brian Bloom, 46. Actor Brian Vincent is also 46. Actress Monica Potter is 45. Actress Molly Parker is 44. And Olympic gold medal swimmer Michael Phelps is 31. Our thought for today comes from B.C. Forbes, Scottish journalist born 1880, died 1954, who said, The man who has done his level best is a success, even though the world may write him down as a failure. This has been the news from the LMC Radio Newsroom, and we now turn you over to Professor Porterfield and the Lucky Numbers. Lucky number, oh, dreaming of lucky numbers, hoping that those lucky numbers yeah. will show for me. Numbers only show for you and me. Super 
superstition Or even make me suspicious Table with 13 dishes Dishes will make me That's mommy, yeah? Yeah, man. Well, okay. Put my trust in goof of dust. Cause you know some days may bring you a seven. Or oh, maybe a lucky eleven. Oh, that's you in heaven. Lucky number for me. Yeah. Oh, and you need not just put your trust in goof or dust like the Nicholas Brothers, because we have the lucky numbers for you here each and every week. And speaking of numbers, before we get to them, we also want to send out a birthday greeting to our good friend and member of AIR, Madame Pamita, whose birthday will be on the 5th. So her birthday will fall before we're on the air again. So we wanted to get it out to her now. This week's lucky numbers come to us from ProfessorPorterfield.com. Why not stop on by and take a look? And they are 4, 7, 10, 24, 38, and 49. Once again, this week's double-digit lucky numbers are 4, 7, 18, 24, 38, and 49. This week's lucky three-digit numbers are 456. That's 456. 777. That's 777. And 919. That's 919. And I have to tell you that this week, that's from this Thursday till next Thursday, 777 and 919 are particularly lucky. The card of the week this week is the Three of Diamonds, a benefactor, help from others, a call to be honest and act responsibly. This week, help will come from unlooked-for places. This is a good week to reach out to others and allow yourself to be helped by others as well. Honesty in all public and private matters is of great importance this week. Do not let a little white lie lead to greater harm than good. This is also a week to act in a responsible manner and take matters by the horns. Do what is right and all will be right. Remember, our week runs Thursday to Thursday, so check in with the Now You Know show to get the numbers and cards when they first come out. And if you hit... Remember where you get. Till then, good luck to you all. Up next, uh, from the First and Second Baptist Church of Quimby, Texas, our own Miss Loretta with Cooking with Miss Loretta. Sweet Loretta Martin thought she was a woman, but she was another. Miss Loretta Evans 
here with Cooking with Miss Loretta for this week. Well, you know what, darlings? The 4th of July is just around the corner. And whereas a lot of us have a wonderful time on the 4th, those of us stuck in the kitchen can find it to be a real drag. So what I have for you tonight, and forgive me because as a Texan, I know I shouldn't be giving out this recipe because it's a cheat. I have for you a crock pot barbecue beef brisket recipe and as always after I'm finished they will post up the ingredients and the recipe itself in the chat room so y'all can take it with you. For this recipe you're going to need a standard size crock pot that can go up to eight hours. You will also need a three pound beef brisket. Now, this beef brisket will be rubbed beforehand, and for that rub, you will need one teaspoon of chili powder, one half a teaspoon garlic powder, one fourth of a spoon celery seeds, and one eighth of a teaspoon of black pepper. Of course, barbecue brisket wouldn't be anything without a good sauce, and we're going to make a sauce up for it. And for that, you will need one half a cup ketchup, one half a cup chili sauce, one fourth a cup of packed brown sugar, not loose brown sugar, one half a teaspoon of dry mustard, two teaspoons of vinegar, two teaspoons of Worcestershire sauce, and one and one half a teaspoon of liquid smoke, whatever your favorite band is. Now, to do this upright, what you're going to do is combine the rub ingredients, the chili powder, garlic powder, celery seed, and pepper in a small bowl and mix it all together. And then you're going to rub it into your three-pound beef brisket. Make sure you rub it good and rub it all over. That's why it's called a rub. At this point, you should cover it in plastic wrap and pop it in the fridge overnight because it really helps to deepen the flavor. However, if you're in a big hurry, you don't have to, but I really recommend you do that and you can set it up the night before. Then, when you get ready to have your fun time on the 4th of July, get up early in the morning, place your brisket into the bottom of your crock pot, combine all of the sauce ingredients, stir them all together, and pour the sauce over the brisket, coating it evenly. Then cover and cook on low. Add anything else. A lot of people have a tendency, because they're working with a crock pot, they want to always put in water. You're not going to need it, and if you do, it's going to turn out terrible. Just put it in there covered with your sauce evenly. Put your crock pot on low and cook it for eight hours. When you're ready, remove your meat and cut your brisket across the grain in thin slices. Cutting across the grain helps make sure you get a tender cut of meat each time. And if you like, you can drizzle a bit of the liquid that is left in your crock pot on top of the cuts of meat. Serve that up with some rolls 
potato salad pickles and some red onion and you are ready to go and you can be outside having fun with the kids and the family and the fireworks and whatever else you want yourself without having to be tied in that old kitchen all day long on your 4th of July too. Well, I hope this works out for you and I hope you enjoy it. We sure do like it around here even though it ain't proper barbecue. I'll see you all next week, and y'all have a happy 4th of July. Bye-bye. Well, thank you, Miss Loretta. All right. Uh, that's, uh, that in, that's a very nice little recipe. I, I, I personally wouldn't have thought of doing it uh, quite that way. Uh, like she says, uh, we would never call that uh, a proper uh, barbecue around here, but boy, that sure is easy, and I hope it tastes good. We might actually try that here in my house. Up next, pontification. This week's topic is the privilege of anger. It injures me. Anger can make you old Yes, you can I say anger will make you sick Anger destroy your soul
Instituting a brand new system here on the Name It and Claim It, that's the song section of the show. We're no longer going to give out cookies. We're now giving out brownies. And the reason we're giving out brownies is they're easier to divide into pieces when we have situations like we have tonight. All right, so... Troll Towelhead, our chief engineer here at the LMC Radio Network, gets one half of a brownie because he was the first to name the correct song title. That was Anger, and that was Anger by Marvin Gaye. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, that was Mr. Marvin Gaye, and no one picks up the other half of the brownie for that. That was Marvin Gaye with anger. And it leads us in to tonight's pontification, the privilege of anger. All right. Hold on to yourselves. Make sure you're sat down, strapped in, and that your tray is in an upright position. Because something new is about to happen here tonight. You have heard me snatch wigs and burn hats many times during the professor's pontification. Tonight, the very first hat that is going to be burnt this evening on the show is mine. I'm going to burn my own hat in tonight's pontification. At some point, inevitably, someone's going to ask, What's it got to do with hoodoo? Well, kid, you just got to hang on and listen, and you'll find out what it's got to do with hoodoo. Tonight, what I want to talk about is the privilege of anger. You may not think of it as being such, But in this country, in this society that we have here in America, anger privilege. Anger is a privilege. And that privilege is denied to many people. Now, what do I mean by it's denied? Do I mean literally there's an anger patrol that wanders around with laughing gas, making sure that certain people never get angry? No, 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 no. That's not what I mean. What I mean is a right, to enjoy a right. Meaning, when you get angry, 
and you don't do anything else. I'm not talking about, you know, you get angry and you break the law. You get angry, you punch somebody. You get angry and you harm someone. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about you feel anger, often righteous and correct anger about something that is going on around you that is uh, uh, unjust, that is beyond belief, that you cannot tolerate, and you express that, then the hammer falls. Unless you possess the privilege of anger. Let me give you an example as I set my hat on fire. I enjoy the privilege of anger. There are people who tune into this show each and every week not to hear about all the secrets of scriptural sorcery or divination or roots or herbs or flowers or uh, stems or uh, uh, animal curio or mineral curio. Oh, no, no, no. They tune into the show to hear one thing, the pontification. They like it. They like it. They may agree with it. They may disagree with it, but they like it. They like hearing me get worked up. And it doesn't threaten them. I can come out here and I can talk about the situation we had in Orlando. I can talk about racism, systemic, systematic racism in our society today. I can come out here and talk about injustice. I can come here, out here and talk about uh, the rise of these uh, dominionist seven mountain evangelicalists trying to take over the church. I can come out here and say anything. And as you know, as listeners of the show, I rarely do it in a calm level, easygoing, laid back, no big deal kind of tone. No, I'm angry. And I get very little pushback on the fact that I'm angry. People might disagree with what I say. They might want to engage me in a conversation on this point or that point. But they don't say, hey, 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 calm down. Calm your ass down. Because I enjoy the privilege of anger. Why do I enjoy the privilege of anger? Because in this society, as long as I don't act too Jewy, as long as you can't see me and see the kippah on the top of my head, the beard, on my chin, okay, the high around my neck, all right, as long as you don't see me in a prayer shawl, as long as you don't see me in a synagogue, I'm a white dude. I'm a regular old white dude. And that means I privilege of anger. Donald Trump and all his little followers enjoy the privilege of anger long before him. When Newt Gingrich and the rest of his pack was rushed into the seats of power, into Congress and the Senate, as angry people, okay, no one said, oh, they're a threat because they're angry. Oh, Lord, they need to calm down. I don't like it when they're angry. But if you're a person of color in this country, particularly if you're black, 
you do not have the privilege of anger. You mean, meaning you as a person of color, you don't have that privilege. And if you're a woman of color, particularly if you're a black woman of color, you have even less privilege of anger. And when you, as a woman of color, get mad about things that deserve to be mad about, injustices, okay, injustices, incorrect behaviors, fraud, cheating, etc., then you have even less privilege of anger because you're, quote, an angry black woman. And they say that all the time. Another angry black woman. Another angry black woman. Now, what does this have to do with hoodoo, real quick, before everybody thinks, oh, here he goes again? What this has to do with hoodoo is hoodoo conjure root work as an American tradition, as a tradition within the United States, exists to ameliorate and remediate certain situations. And one of those situations is injustice and oppression. That's not all it exists for, and don't let people sell that to you. And there are people who want to sell you that. People want to sell you that all hoodoo is is it's there for oppression and injustice. No, it's not all there. It's there for other things as well, but that is one of its primary components, which means that hoodoo in and of itself is a tool to express and to receive return on issues of unaddressed anger. Anger that you cannot get justice. Anger that you cannot be trusted uh, to have a steady job, that you have to leave your families, that your families can be broken up, etc., etc., etc. Again, that's not its only issue. Please do not define it as solely being that. And by the same token, please do not define it as not having that. It certainly has that. But there's a problem with that. And the problem with that is that in this society, in this country, we do not allow people of color to have voices of anger, particularly African-American people. We allow them all sorts of other privileges. They can have joy. Oh, they can have all the joy they want. They can sing and dance to express their joy as long as it's a performance. Sometimes that, that performance of joy is demanded of them even in tragedy. Uh, they can be sad. Oh, they can, want, they can mourn. They can weep. They can, they, can, they can have their despair as long as it's over there where it can be ignored. They're allowed fear. Oh, are you ever allowed fear? Because fear reaffirms the privilege and power of others. They are certainly allowed stoicism, the necessity of survival, and the, the kind of a shroud or mask of strength. And, in, and to endure in the face of all things, no matter what, so long as that stoicism, the privilege of that stoicism, can be retranslated as transcending race, 
transcending race, then you're allowed stoicism. You're, all of these things are allowed, but not anger. Why? Because anger equals power and entitlement, whether it be to power, privilege, respect, material, goods, social uh, action. Anger means all of those things. Anger means you have a right to expect something and is that you are having a justifiable response to not receiving something such as justice. And if you aren't receiving it, you have that, that right to that anger, you see. How deep does this go? This goes so deep that the First Lady of the United States is often criticized because she dares show anger. Other First Ladies have shown it about social ills and issues. There was no issue. But she's not allowed to show it because then, quote, she's yet another angry black woman. And I benefit from this privilege. I get to get up here each and every week and be angry and be listened to. I get to be taken seriously. I get to say, this is wrong, that is wrong, this should not happen, that should not happen, people need to wake up, I'm mad as hell, and I'm not going to take it anymore, and people listen, not just because I attempt to be correct, I'm not saying I'm always right, but I attempt to be correct, particularly before I go on in front of a mic and broadcast my voice out into the great ether, but also because I have that privilege. People get behind me and go, he's right. But at the same time, my dear friend and sister Beverly Smith is also on every week, angry, saying this is wrong, that's wrong. This shouldn't be, that shouldn't be. And she's not as listened to because she's, again, yet another angry black woman. See, when there's a Trump rally and there's 100, 200, 1,000 angry white people, people say, well, they're expressing something or they have the, their right to free speech or they're fed up or, you know, it's gone on too long or – you know, they're, they're wanting to make a change, or you have to understand, and blah, 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 blah. But if you got the same number of African-American men together, and they expressed publicly the same level, no more, no more, no less, of anger, they would be perceived as a threat. It's a riot. We got to send the cops in there. We got to do something. This is the reason when certain sporting events go certain ways. Fans sweep into the streets. They break out windows. They turn over cars. They set fires, sometimes because they're celebrating because they won, sometimes because they're pissed off because they lost. And people don't the next day say massive riot sweeps uh, you know, Chicago. St. Louis, Baltimore. They say uh, 
the fans get out of control in, in rollicking celebration of the Cubs win. But when black people break windows, turn over cars, set fires for whatever cause, then it's a riot. Then it's a riot. And they have to be jailed. They have to be silenced. Most importantly, they have to be silenced. Because they do not have the privilege of anger. This week I read someone say something about how uh, the FBI should have this situation where – and may have, may institute this uh, – that people who are in the Klan, their names need to be kept on file. And people responding to that said, well, if you're going to do that to the Klan, then you damn well better do it to Black Lives Matter. Do it for one, you got to do it for all. And I thought, well, that's strange. Let me see. One's a traditionally known, uh, generationally active terrorist organization inside the United States of America who has killed people, lynched people, uh, uh, murdered people in their homes, bombed buildings, bombed churches, uh, denied people their you know their constitutional rights uh enforced oppression etc and we're saying maybe we need the names of the people in the goddamn terrorist traditional generational terrorist organization and somebody's response to that is well there's this other group of people and they're black and they they want to have change in the justice system and to not have black people curbside executed by cops as judge, jury, and executioner, to not have uh, 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 kangaroo trials, to not have to get rid of the situation where uh, district attorneys, etc., sometimes won't even prosecute police who do this and are demanding change and institution of the rights that they have stop being denied them. Well, we need to gather their names too. If you're going to gather the Klan's name, you got to gather their name. Why? Because they're just as big a threat. Why? Because they're angry. And because they're angry and they are of color, they are a goddamn threat. So, the privilege of anger. The privilege of anger is, again, how does it relate to hoodoo? Here's part of the privilege of anger as it relates to hoodoo. People will go to white practitioners for curse work and feel okay. Practice hoodoo and do curse work are spooky, are scary. So in other words, a white practitioner of hoodoo may be southernized, you know, in media as an example, television shows, etc. They may be southernized, they may be made to seem down home, but they're not necessarily made to seem otherworldly, evil, non-human in media black practitioners of hoodoo who do curse work as part of the drama the story are always depicted as being otherworldly strange perhaps demonic perhaps not even human okay there's another way it enters in and that enters in because it's in media 
and media is a part of the social construct of the mind, of dreams, of images, then that translates back into reality, meaning people, some people will have a tendency to trust a white practitioner of hoodoo over a black practitioner of hoodoo, which is awful goddamn funny, isn't it? That's like saying, well, you know, I like the Chinese food, but only if the cooks are, are white. I don't like, I like, I like, quote, Occidental Chinese food. I don't like Oriental Chinese food. I like European Chinese food. I don't like Asian Chinese food. It's just half-assed. It's back-asswards. It's, it's ridiculous. It's crazy. But again, it comes back in part to the privilege of anger. And baby, I stand on the fucking privilege of anger right here. That's my hat. You smell that? Smell that smoke? That's my hat on fire right now. My ass. Professor Charles, as long as he doesn't act too Jewy, we'll let him be white. Porterfield has the privilege of anger. And don't think I don't use it every goddamn week. And don't think I'm going to stop using it every goddamn week. And by the same token, don't think that I, for one heartbeat, want to deny it to my brothers and sisters, my friends, my family, and my enemies of color. Because they deserve that privilege of anger as well. There's an old expression, anger is a gift. Don't get me wrong here. I am not talking about violence. I'm not saying burn, baby, burn. I'm talking about a human goddamn emotion. Anger. I'm not talking about taking a gun, walking in a room and killing 20 people. I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about blowing up something. I'm talking about anger. And that right there is the crux of the biscuit. That right there is the crux of the biscuit. When white people feel anger, there is no presumption of violence. When people of color, particularly African Americans, exhibit anger, there is a presumption of violence. There is a presumption of violence, meaning, well, a black person can't be angry unless they're going to be violent. So we shouldn't let them be angry because if they're angry, they're going to be violent. So we need to shut them up right now because they'll get violent. And what does that play into? That plays into and comes from the uncivilized myth. They're not exactly like us. They're not completely civilized. They're not completely trustworthy. They're not completely human. See? Therefore, we got to control. Because if they get angry, they'll do something. The next part of that is a internalized, sometimes subconscious, but sometimes not, understanding that the game has been gummed that the scales are off balance. When Barack Obama was elected for the first time, 
there was somebody uh, very close to my wife who is a racist. Uh, we don't associate with this person. But they called us the fuck up. Oh, great. You're going to call me up on a goddamn phone. Go away. I don't even want to talk to you. And what they said was, I hope you're happy. Because they knew that we supported Barack Obama's presidency. I hope you're happy. You know what's going to happen tomorrow? All of those people are going to get back everything on us now. See, they were afraid. But listen to what they said. Going to get back on us. Those people. See, some of this comes from an understanding that there are groups, large groups of people in this country who have had dirt done to them. They have been done wrong, terribly, terribly, terribly wrong. And God forbid that they should ever get power and the tools to end their oppression because they will hurt us because we have fucked them over. That is the most wicked thing I've ever heard in my life. What you're literally saying is, I know, I know we have shat on somebody for generations. So we best keep shitting on them. Because if we don't, they'll hurt us because we're in the wrong. You're admitting you're unrighteous. You're admitting you're wicked. You're admitting you're evil. And now you are, as the book says, the wicked man pursued. You are the wicked man pursued. There's no excuse for it. Well, right about now, my hat has burnt down to embers. And before those embers go out, I would like to, I would like to use those embers to burn some other people's hats. Ready? Damn straight. I enjoy the privilege of anger. I use the privilege of anger. And I use the privilege of anger in an attempt to get rid of this shit. If you won't listen to them, maybe you'll listen to me. Here's the problem I have with some people, particularly some people in our great – I'm not talking about our local. I'm not talking about our small. I'm not talking about our lucky mojo. I'm talking about across the board who do root work and conjure community, the big one. There are certain people who have this – they have the privilege of anger, but they won't use it. They won't use it to help the very people that they got hoodoo from. They won't use it to help the society, the culture, the families that they got hoodoo from. Now, maybe they disconnected themselves and they could say, well, I didn't get hoodoo from anybody. I, I learned it here. I learned it there. So, okay, well, you can't do both sides of the goddamn street. All these stories come up. I didn't learn it from a book. I did learn it from a book. I learned it from my grandmama. I never had a grandmama. You know, fucking Dr. Fire Ant and shit. But you've got, if you enjoy this privilege, then use this privilege. And not just this privilege, but all of your privileges to aid those whose culture, whose spirituality you are participating in, you are receiving benefit from, 
materially, spiritually, economically from. Use your privilege to aid them and not necessarily just your nice privileges. Use your privilege of anger as well because your voice will get heard and people do listen to those who speak truth to power. And sometimes, a lot of the time, truth is spoken from a position of anger. Not necessarily a position of violence, but a position of anger. So I'm saying to you tonight, I see you. You know who you are. Use your privilege to aid those people whose culture, whose spirituality, whose magic, whose songs, whose dance, whose dress, whose sense of style, whose language you are receiving benefit from economically, materially, spiritually, mentally. And if you won't, then maybe you should think about getting the hell out of that. Because then you're just a big you're just a part of the same goddamn problem. Maybe if we could all do this, maybe if we could all do this together, we wouldn't necessarily have to use the privilege of anger. Maybe we could actually instead have some peace of mind. When are we need? So hard to find. Some peace, peace of mind. When the fathers and the mothers fight all the time, and the sisters. And the brothers, no time to rhyme, no time to rhyme, no time to rhyme. To the right, so far apart. Consider 
Okay, that was, of course, Miss Nina Simone with Peace of Mind. And one half of the brownie goes to Troll Towelhead, and one half of the brownie goes to Cargo Hook. Y'all got it between the two of you. Actually, Cargo Hook got it completely, but the song had been named already. So there you go. Enjoy. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a tough subject. And we have a lot of tough subjects here on the LMC Radio Network uh, weekly. And we have some happy subjects, and we have some sad subjects, and we have a lot of information. Because at the end of the day, all we're trying to do here is just send out a signal. What's that signal? Why, that's the LMC Radio Network on the air! The LMC Radio Network, broadcasting around the globe, bringing news, information, education, and entertainment to all. It's the LMC Radio Network, in the vanguard! The LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour, hosted by Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman Ali, Sundays 3 to 4.30. Candela's Corner, starring Candela Cambisa, Mondays 5 to 7. The Crystal Silence League Hour, hosted by John St. Germain, Tuesdays 5 to 6. In the Streets with Beverly Smith, Tuesdays 6 to 7. On Sacred Ground with Kyra Mon, Wednesdays 5 to 7. The Now You Know Show with Professor Charles Porterfield, Thursday 6 to 7.30, and Liquid Libations with Andrea Weston, Saturdays 5 to 7. All time specific, at 3 hours for Eastern, sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. Thank you, Troll Towelhead Chief Engineer here at the LMC Radio Network for that update of our shows each and every week. And now, ladies and gentlemen, a few words from the folks that pay the bills with our own, well, he's new here, but we already consider him one of our own. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Carl Sharp. Good evening, friends. This is Carl Sharp, here to talk to you about the Lucky Mojo Curio Company of 6632 Covey Road, Forestville, California. Friends, are you looking for fine, authentically made hoodoo, conjure, and witchcraft materials with that pleasant and potent and powerful smell, touch, taste, and feel? Then why not try the authentic and wonderful products at the Lucky Mojo Curio Company of 6632 Covey Road, Forestville, California? Lucky Mojo, my friends, is both an online magical store and a real magical store that you can visit in person. They carry a full line of handmade spiritual supplies, including but not limited to occult oils, incense, powders, candles, herbs, mojo bags, spiritual soaps, books, and spell kits, my friends. For those who cast magic spells, love spells, money spells, and protection spells in the African American hoodoo, pagan magic, and other witchcraft traditions with a 
attention to old style, detail, and quality. We're talking once again about the Lucky Mojo Curio Company of 6632 Covey Road, Forestville, California. And they're also online at www.luckymojo.com. That's right, my friends. If you can't get out of your house, if you're trapped, if you're just busy, if the kids are making you pull your hair out, you can browse through their catalog and see hundreds and thousands of products from all over the world online at your convenience. But if you can get there, then please take the time, take the family, and take that little extra special trip out to 6632 Covey Road, Forestville, California. The kids will love the train set. It's magnificent. Mom and Dad, you can get away for a few moments of quiet prayer and meditation in the world's smallest church. That's the Missionary Independent Spiritual Church right there on the grounds of Lucky Mojo. And then the whole family can sashay on into the shop and browse through the aisles at thousands of items from all over the world, most of them made with that authentic sense of care, detail, smell, sight, sound, feeling, and potency that you've come to look for and respect from the name Lucky Mojo Curio Company. When you're there, tell them Carl Sharp sent you. Uh, all, all right. <clears throat> well, thank, thanks, Carl. I haven't Carl yet, uh, personally. He was just in the studio earlier today. Up next, a little segment. Divination. And you. That's right, divination in you. This week we're going to talk about dream interpretation. Oh, yes we are. You know who brings that, don't you? Lonely heart like Polly Archie. 
And lots of wavy hair like Liberty cookie a half a brownie we're giving out brownies nowadays half a brownie see how easy they are to cut they're so moist and wonderful except for the nice crunchy crinkly edge uh cargo hook gets half a brownie because he was the first to name the song it was in fact mr sandman no one gets the rest of the brownie that was the cordites the cordettes that was the cordettes that's right and that leads us into this week's divination and you tonight we're going to be talking about dream interpretation the history of dream interpretation i should first say is not again exactly a form of divination it is again not a system but we've spoke about this before when we talked about radiomancy this is somewhat similar dreams are much more omens And dreams uh, traditionally have been seen as being messages from a higher power or other powers uh, since ancient times. And this goes back to cultures, oh, you know, this goes back as far as the Epic of Gilgamesh is one of the earliest examples of dream interpretation. Gilgamesh dreamt that an axe fell from the sky Uh, and... uh, this dream had meaning, etc., etc., and his mother, Ninthan, uh, interpreted the dream for him. Uh, she said that someone powerful would soon appear. That's the reason the axe fell from the sky, and people gathered around it and worshipped and admired it. So we have had this since ancient times, and in fact, Iskar uh, Zagyuk uh, assembled what was one of the first compendiums of dream omens and it was simply called the dream book and this is also from babylonian time and he goes back again after that ancient egypt the greeks uh, the medieval islamic period uh, it goes on and on and on so this is nothing new in fact you will even find it in the bible Uh, in the bible such luminary figures as Jacob, Joseph, Solomon, even Pharaoh uh, receive omenistic dreams that need interpretation uh, while they sleep. Jewish tradition says that a dream unexamined is like a letter unopened. And the Bible actually tells us how to open that unopened letter, two to three. And the Lord answered me and said, write the vision and make it plain upon tables, that he may run that readeth it. For the vision is yet for an appointment time. But at the end it shall speak and not lie. Though it tarry, wait for it, because it will surely come, it will not tarry. In other words, dream omens and dreams, prophecies, warnings, guides, gift in dream come to us. And what we should do is, upon waking 
first say a prayer of thanks for receiving our dream and then write it down on a sheet of clean paper so that it can later be understood and acted upon. If the images are unclear, the dream can then be deciphered through a number of different aids. And one of those is a dream book. And you will often see that dream books are used in hoodoo quite a lot. And dream books will have a different number of different kinds of interpretations. Some of them simply give you a number value, like the lucky numbers that we give out. You'll receive a set of double numbers or a set of uh, three numbers, and then you would bet on those numbers. Some dream books, however, which I consider to be the somewhat better dream books, actually offer an interpretation. They tell you what the dream means. However, dream interpretation varies greatly from culture to culture, and often there can be problems in having a dream interpreted by someone who does not participate, was not raised in, or does not understand one's own culture. Let me give you an example. There is a standing tradition in the African-American community that dreams often mean the opposite or reverse of what they are. If you dreamt you went to a wedding, you're going to a funeral. If you dreamt you're going to a funeral, you're going to a wedding. If you dreamt you lost money, you'll win money. If you dreamt you won money, you will soon lose money. So that is individual to that culture. You will see it in some other cultures, but every culture has a different set of standards on its dream interpretation. Science wants to get its little fingers in this as well, and by heavens, why shouldn't they? particularly in various schools of psychology and neurobiology. And research in the early 2000s and ongoing to this day has begun to suggest that dreams from a biochemical, uh, psychological, uh, organic, genetic experience are in fact threat or skill rehearsals. What this means is that science now believes that the reason that we dream is to rehearse things out. And in fact, studies have shown that those who have dreamt of certain situations that they had not yet faced, faced those situations with greater levels of success and calmness and steadiness after they had dreamt them, meaning you had never been in a fistfight you dreamt of being in a fistfight, and then you did better in a fistfight because the dream apparently is preparatory. So that's what science has to say about it. Where dreams come from is a highly debated issue. Some say merely from within, the self, the subconscious. That's a school of psychology. Uh, some say a great collective unconscious that all people share in equally. That would be Carl uh, Gustav, that Nazi Jung. Uh, some people say they come directly from God. Others say that they come from one's dead ancestor line. And my tendency is to believe all of these, that they do in fact, some dreams do in fact come from God or one, the guardian angel, the ministering angel, as it is called, that watches over one while one sleeps that some dreams do come from our deceased relatives and kin, that some dreams are purely psychological, and that some dreams are a part of a greater 
biological human experience. Uh, and You know, everybody can see a paisley when they're tripping on acid, no matter what culture they're from. But dream interpretation is perhaps one of the oldest forms of divination or omen interpretations around. And as I said, you can find a great deal of information in dream books. And I encourage you this week to go out and study dream interpretation, the meaning of dreams, how to retain them, because everybody says, oh, I never remember my dreams. There are methods to learn that will help you remember your dreams and then use those not only to empower yourself, to guide you, but also to place those good bets. Up next, we're going to go into the kitchen where we'll be talking about blood root, something that can uh, help not only the family, but help you with a little, uh, well, a little sexual healing.
And that was, of course, Marvin Gaye with Sexual Healing. And Cargo Hook is our first whole brownie winner of the night. Cargo Hook got it. That's right. Marvin Gaye, Sexual Healing. Tonight in the kitchen, we're going to be talking about blood root, also known as coon root, pukun root, red pukun, red paint root, and tetterwort. Blood root helps to aid in sexual pleasure and vigor, and help stop family troubles as well. And here are a few ways that you can use it. It can be used to enhance sex in a marriage. The bits of bloodroot are not all the same color. Some are more pinkish, and some are of a darker red or brown. Now, the more pinkish ones are called queens or she-roots, and those that are a darker red or brown are called kings or he-roots. And a marital sexual charm can be made from one king chip and one queen chip dressed with love-me oil or another appropriate love oil and wrapped in red flannel and sewn into the mattress to keep things happy between he and she. Also, you can use it as a sexual tonic. Soak one he bloodroot chip and one she bloodroot chip in a and and a about half a handful, about half a handful of wintergreen leaves in a bottle of whiskey and drink a teaspoonful once a day to keep your sexual vigor. Uh, Or as a friend of mine says, it's good for your yang. But you can also use bloodroot to bring about an end to family troubles and keep peace in the home. To keep peace in the home with bloodroot, you tie a red bag filled with bloodroot chips and rosemary over the lintel of the house, and all who pass under it will respect your marriage. So that's to keep, you know, people who from outside, you know, they come, if they pass under it, they will show respect to your marriage. You can also use bloodroot in protecting your marriage from trouble. Bloodroot can be burned on charcoal, Let's be live charcoal, live charcoal disc. You light it up and you would blood burn blood root directly on it to bring, bring about good relations with your in-laws. And I have a mother-in-law I sure as hell need that with. It can also, however, be sewn into pillows and it provides protection 
if someone is trying to take your husband or wife, if someone's trying to get them away, you can you can sew it up into your pillows. You can also carry it in a red mojo bag along with bluing and dragon's blood to help stop evil. Someone in Christy XP in the chat room asked, for same sex, could you use two he's or two she's? My general understanding of this issue, as it is approached in hoodoo, in relationship to gay and lesbian relationships and how those are addressed in hoodoo, would be to say yes. That would be my general answer. Yes. So, blood root, coon root, pukun root, red pukun, red paint root, tetherwort is an excellent excellent root. Now, it is don't use too much when you put it in whiskey. Remember, it's just one he root chip and one she, not not a big handful, half handful of wintergreen. So, this is a fascinating and wonderful root and an excellent root to own and to have and to carry and I encourage you this week to go out and study this root, see what you can find about it, and see what it works for you as. Our information for the In the Kitchen section comes to us each and every week, not only from our own knowledge, but also from the wonderful book, Hoodoo Herb and Root Magic, A Materia Magica of African American Culture, by Miss Catherine Ironwood, and we thank her for its use and inclusion in the show each and every week. Also, the Divination and You section comes to us from our own knowledge and the wonderful, wonderful people at the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers. That's readersandrootworkers.org. And we thank them for its use and inclusion in the show also each and every week. Well, it's been a time, folks, but I've got to get out of here. I have my own dinner waiting back at home and I have had a wonderful time with you I'm not too sure about Mr. Sharp we're going to have to talk about that I, 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 I want Count Goulash back this is it they're turning out the lights out in the green room out in the hall Miss Loretta's already gone she had a date again and I think we all know with who our own Count Goulash that's the reason he wasn't on today and this is it I'm just here all by myself this is it. I mean, I mean, this is the end. Ah, this is not the end. Uh, it is not even the beginning of the end. Uh, but it is perhaps the end of the beginning.